Well, again, welcome everybody. You know, thank you so much for uh, joining us here um, this morning. And uh, how many of you have been watching the Olympics? You know, watching the Olympics, right? Yeah, most of you have been watching the Olympics. And I don't know about you, but this kind of Olympics has a different feel for me. Not so much because it's COVID and, you know, there's nobody watching. It's really funny how they put, like, T-shirts or something on the seats so it looks like there's actual people there. But basically, it didn't feel, it doesn't, and there's no statistics for this, but it's just my perception that it feels different because even though the United States, we lead the medal count, that we are struggling, right? Isn't it before it's like, okay, some of you countries, yeah, you could show up, but you're showing up for the silver medal, right? Because we're the United States, and we know that we're going to take the gold, right? Women's gymnastics, we just know, hey, you guys are competing for silver, Men's and women's basketball. Hey, you're competing for the silver. Even, I don't know, did you watch the women's basketball against Japan? Yeah, we see one guy there. I was amazed that the U.S. didn't totally kill Japan. Because Japan's center, she was six foot one. Six foot one. And half the U.S. women are over six foot one. I mean, their center was six foot nine. The Japanese point guard was five foot four inches, right? And it said, how could you even compete with the United States? But they held their own, right? The men's four by four relay. Hey, this is our event. Now, this is our event. We didn't even qualify for the medal. And I'm just watching this, and I get it that we've been spoiled, Right? We think that, hey, we're the United States. We're going to come in. We invented most of these sports. These are our sports. But there was a sense that we struggled. Yes, we're leading the medal count, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy as some of us uh, predicted. But you know what? I, I think that's a sign of the times. Well, I think a lot of people are just struggling right now. You know, in, in our everyday lives, it could be you're, you're struggling in your career. Maybe, you know, you had dreams and visions of where you should be right now in your career. And you're at work, and it seems like everything you do, every move you make, it's just preventing you from getting there. Or maybe you're even struggling trying to find employment. Or you said, you know what, I studied, I did well in school, I can't get a job. What's going on here? You know, where... Um, you know, I, for those of you who don't know, I used to be a, a shift manager at Continental Airlines at LAX. And, and now I'm glad I'm not there because people are just going crazy now. We've never had, you know, I'm watching the news and people are having fistfights on airplanes. That never, ever happened when I was at Continental because you know you'd have the FBI waiting to arrest you. I mean, even if you raised your voice at us, we'd call the police and you'd be arrested. What's going on there is crazy. Why? Because people are struggling right now, and they are taking out their frustration on other people. You know, it's crazy. You know, some of your kids, you know, it's like you've been away from school for a whole year now, and it's like, oh, no, in a few weeks, I got to go back. You know, what's that going to be like? How's it going to be when I go back to school? Is it going to be easier? Is it going to be harder? Am I going to be behind? You know, it, it's tough. And, I, you know, I get that. Or maybe even at family, you know, at home, maybe you're having, you know, you struggle with your spouse. You know, your spouse, you're not on the same page. Or maybe you're struggling with your kids. We all struggle. 
And maybe some of you are struggling spiritually, where you don't feel that you're close to God, where you feel like you're far away from God, where, you know what, I'm doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. And what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not doing. You know, kind of like what Paul, the Apostle Paul said about himself. We all struggle. We're all struggling. And my guess is that a lot of you here are struggling in any one of the categories that I suggested or maybe some other categories that I didn't even list. But the good news is that Jesus sees your struggle. And Jesus is in the midst of your struggle, and Jesus will get you, you to your destination if you let them. If you let him. So what I'd like you to do is we're going to continue um, focusing on the, mir- and the book of John, specifically in the miracles of the book of John. Because why did John write, the Apostle John write the book of John? So that you might believe. And so part of it right now, if you are struggling, I hope that you would take a look at what the Apostle, Paul, Apostle, Paul, Apostle John write so that you might believe that you are not alone that Jesus sees you, and that you might believe that he will take you to the place where you are supposed to be. And so turn with me to John chapter 6, verse 16. And this is right after he fed the 5,000, right? 5,000 now. We know that there's probably anywhere between 10 and 20,000, which Jesus used um, two fish and five loaves of bread, and he um, fed the, you know, the 5,000, right? So he had just fed them, and so it says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake. And when they got into the boat, they set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. Now this is John's version of that passage, of that event. Now we also see this in Matthew chapter 14 and um, um, Mark chapter 6. And we're going to be um, taking verses from those Gospels too, just to give you a bigger picture of what was going on. But we see here after um, they fed the 5,000 that it was getting late. And so the disciples were waiting to go across um, the Sea of Galilee. But the problem was Jesus wasn't there. Actually, if you look at the other um, accounts, Jesus told them, hey, you guys need to go. You guys need to go. Go without me. Why? Because number one, Jesus had a plan, but he wanted to spend time in prayer. And so we see that. And so here are these guys, the disciples, they're on a boat, right? And then a strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. And these were professional fishermen, so they're out there in the storm. And I don't know if you've ever been on a boat where it was pretty choppy, but man, that, that's difficult. For those of us who've been, you know, saltwater fishing, it, it, it's hard, right? Yeah, you can't even stand. You're being bung, you're being tossed around all over the place. But this is what was happening, right? They go out onto the lake. It was at night. Now, that's scary enough. I mean, to be on a boat where it's going like this during the day, that's bad enough. But if it's at night, it's even scarier. And that's what it was going on, right? And uh, then later that night, it says in Mark um, 6, 47, it says, later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he, Jesus, was alone at land. Okay, now when it says later that night, we think uh, some, this was sometime between 6 o'clock and 
9 o'clock in the evening. Maybe closer to 8 and 9 because they said it was dark, right? So here the disciples are struggling on the lake. It's dark, and Jesus is on the shore. But what does it say in Mark 6.48? And he, he, meaning Jesus, saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake, and he was about to pass them by. And so the first point is even though the disciples were struggling on the, ocean, uh, on the sea, trying to get where they were going, what? Jesus saw them. Jesus knew what was going on. They were probably struggling. They were probably getting worried what's going on here, right, and maybe a little fearful, right? But they didn't know. They didn't realize that Jesus was watching them. They were never outside the watchful care of Jesus. So right now, if you're going through some struggles, if you feel like you're just out on the ocean and you're rowing and you're rowing and you're not getting anywhere, you're not getting anywhere, you're getting frustrated, you're getting tired, And you might be thinking, you know, I just want to give up. I mean, I've been working so hard, and I'm not getting anywhere. Jesus is always aware of your struggles. Don't ever, ever forget that Jesus is on shore. He sees you struggling. You know, Job 31.4 says, Does he, meaning God, not see my ways and count my every step. Everything that you're going through, God sees and God knows. All right. Go back to John 6:19. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water, and they were frightened. But he says to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Now that would have freaked me out. I mean, I've been on a boat fishing in Mexican waters out there in the year. I've never seen somebody come walking alongside our boat. And so if it's the middle of the night and all of a sudden I see Jesus come walking out, I mean, I would have been freaked out too. You know, I would have been afraid just like they did. But what does Jesus say? He knew they were afraid. He knew they were afraid. He says, but he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. Listen, then they were willing to take him into the boat, right? Now, Mark's account says, then he climbed into the boat and the wind died down. So once again, they're in this storm. They're getting frustrated. They're going nowhere because they're trying to go this way. They're rowing to go this way. The wind's blowing this way, and they're not getting anywhere. So all of a sudden, they see Jesus. They see Jesus. They think they see a ghost, and they're, they're totally afraid. And then what does he say? He steps into the boat. And, as, and the moment he stepped in the boat, what? The wind died down. And then those who were in the boat, and this is from Matthew um, 33, and then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. You know, have you ever had those moments where you're just struggling, and then God shows up? And when God shows up, the only thing you could do is get down on your knees and worship him and thank him. Those are just such special moments, you know, when we could do that, when we see God working and we could worship God for who he is. 
But the problem is most of us don't like to be on that boat struggling, right? We try to do whatever we can to, hey, let's go home here. <laughs> the, the, the sea's too rough. We shouldn't even be out here, right? But we, we don't allow ourselves to be in that struggle. We do everything we, ha- we can to plan and organize and try to get out of those situations. So we don't get to the point where we see God work. Then we don't get to the point where we could just worship God on our knees, just thanking him for who he is. And that's important. And then another miracle. It says, when they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached shore where they were heading. Do you see this right here? They were in the middle of the lake. Right? They were struggling. They, they couldn't even make any headway. Right? Jesus gets in the boat. All of a sudden, the weather's calm. But not only is the weather calm, as soon as the weather comes calm, it's like, and I don't know how this happened, but they were at the destination that they were supposed to be. To go from the middle of the lake to, hey, we're at our destination. Now that must have been another miracle. That's another miracle that we see here, right? Jesus will always lead you to your destination. You know, you might be struggling. You might be thinking, you know what? I'm not getting anywhere. But Jesus will always lead you to your destination if you let him. If you don't give up when you're struggling, if you don't turn back and say, you know, this is too hard. I want to take the easier way out. I've got a better plan. You know, if you don't do any of that, if you trust Jesus, allow him to get in the boat with you, guess what? He's always going to take you to your destination, the destination where he wants you to be. Why? Because that destination is perfect. That destination is perfect. And, and I could tell you this from my life experience. There are so many times when I just under, didn't understand, okay, God, why are you leading me here? It doesn't make any sense. You know what? I know better. I'm going, you want me to go right? I don't want to go right. That doesn't make sense. I'm going left, right? But every time I go left, I found out that it was a dead end. And then I ended up saying, why did I do this? Why did I do this? But I guarantee you, every time when Jesus said, to go right, even though it was scary, even though I didn't understand it, even though I thought, okay, there's going to be a price I'm going to pay, it was always the right destination. God never, ever, ever failed me. And, I, and I'm being uh, honest with you. As I look back at my life, I cannot tell you one instance in my life where I trusted God and he failed me. Because why? God will always get you to your destination if you let him. That's the condition. Because there are many times where I didn't get to that destination. It wasn't because of God. It wasn't because of God. It was because of me. Jesus said to go right. I wanted to go left. And it says, Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. And this is what Mark um, records, that Jesus got in the boat, and they were completely amazed. And why were they amazed? Well, they, they just saw Jesus feed 10,000 people with only a few fish and, and five loaves of bread, and they had 12 baskets left over. They had just saw a miracle, right? They saw a miracle. But what didn't they understand? 
They viewed Jesus the same way the crowds did. They viewed Jesus as the one who, wow, he did this miracle. He provides for us. Truly, this is a Messiah that's going to save us, that's going to free us from the Roman government and set up his kingdom, his physical kingdom. And that's what they thought. And this is what the disciples were thinking. They had the wrong impression of who Jesus was. They had the wrong impression of what his purpose was all about. It was not to free them from the Roman government. It was not to give them this eternal peace or this everlasting peace that the Messiah is supposed to give, right? Jesus is saying, look, I'm I'm showing you that I could do these miraculous things, that I am the Son of God and I have the power, right? But I came to save people from their sins, to give them eternal life, and to set up a spiritual kingdom. What I came to do is not what you are expecting me to do. I'm that same guy. I'm the Messiah. I'm just showing you. Look at the power I'm displaying. But what I'm about doing, my purpose is not the same as yours. And how many times do we get caught up in that? Well, yes, we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But somehow his purposes conflict with ours. And Jesus lets us struggle to teach us to believe that he is the Son of God. Right? That I am the Son of God. You know, it's interesting. He could have just calmed the storm from shore, kind of like he did that official son. Remember that official son came 16 miles to see Jesus so Jesus could heal his son who was near death. And what did Jesus do? He said, go, your son will live. Jesus wasn't there. He was 16 miles away. Jesus said, go, your son will live. And guess what? His son was healed the same time Jesus said, go, your son was healed. So we saw that, right? He could have done that. He could have just, from the shore, saying, okay, storm, stop, take that boat, boom, there. He could have done that. He didn't do that. We also know that he had a plan, right? Remember when Jesus was about to feed the uh, 5,000? He asked Philip, hey, how are we going to feed these people? And, you know, Philip was like, I don't know, right? But what does the Bible say? Jesus was just asking him to test them because what? He knew exactly what he was going to do. Jesus had a plan. That's why he didn't just calm the storm from the shore. He knew what he was going to do. He walked out the boat to the boat and took his time for a reason. Now, this is interesting. I don't know if you picked this up or not. But Jesus was walking, was, saw them struggling at about 9 o'clock at night. He didn't reach the boat until right before dawn. So he knew he, they were struggling, and he let them struggle on the shore for anywhere between 6 and 8 hours before he got to the boat. As soon as he saw them struggling, he just didn't walk out there and show up. He let them struggle for six to eight hours. And sometimes that, you know, and that's a lesson for all of us. How many times when we're struggling right now and we want God to take care of it right then and there, 
right? And when he doesn't, we complain. We say, God, where are you? God, I'm st- don't you see this? You're on the shore. You're seeing a struggle, and now you're going to wait six to eight hours before you come out? And how many times have you struggled, and six to eight hours feels like an eternity? Eternity, right? And, and I, I told you about the time I was coming back from a missions trip in, um, from Myanmar, Right, I had, I did some, I, I did some dumb things. I did some heavy lifting because we were trying to dig a well, and you know we were with these orphans, and they were filling up our buckets, these big buckets full of dirt. You know, I didn't have the pride to say, "Hey, don't fill it up, just fill it halfway." I could only do halfway, right? But I saw the other kids taking full buckets. I said, "Oh, I can't do this." So they were filling up buckets of dirt. So I was hauling buckets of dirt, and guess what? I threw up my back. And on the plane ride home, I was in so much pain. And the pain started when we were in China. I forgot where we were in China, but it was the start of a 10-hour flight. And every single minute, I'm looking at my watch. Oh, my gosh, we've only went 10 minutes. It was crucial. It was so bad, I, I swear to you that, it, you know, if somebody opened the door and I got sucked out of the airplane, I would have welcomed that, you know, because I was in so much pain. I guarantee you, yeah, those 10 hours were the longest 10 hours in my life. I said, Jesus, heal me. Come on, I was doing your work. What are you waiting for? And I could just see Jesus, well, you're the dummy who picked up all those buckets of dirt because you didn't want to tell these, you know, young girls that you weren't man enough to carry them, you know. (laughs) But doesn't it feel like that when you're going through a difficult time? It's only a short period of time, but it feels like forever. But Jesus knew that he wanted to teach them something, so he let them struggle. He wanted to teach them that, look, I am the Son of God, and I am sovereign over every event that happens on this earth, right? That's why he didn't calm the storm from the shore. That's why he walked out there to say, hey, I am the sovereign God over every aspect of this earth. How many times have you seen somebody walk on water? I could do that. I am sovereign over even that because I am the son of God. And you witness that. Isn't that what, and this is the same event where Peter walked on water too. Where, where Peter saw Jesus and said, he was afraid, and he goes, if you're the Messiah, tell me to come out to you. So um, Jesus will come. So Peter starts walking on water. But then what happens? He's focusing on Jesus, and then all of a sudden he sees the waves, he sees the condition of the storm, and what happens? He, tr- he starts to sink. He starts to sink. You know, how many of us have seen God work in our lives, right? And then he puts us into another situation where it's maybe a little bit harder, and we're walking on water. Then all of a sudden we see the wind, we see the waves, and we forget about how many times that Jesus came through and we're afraid. You know, it's even funny where sometimes I get nervous and I just stood in front of each one of you and said, God has never failed me once. And yet there are times when, man, those waves look pretty big and even I get nervous. Why? Because I forget But it's in those moments where Jesus is teaching me a lesson. 
that they, I am the sovereign God. I am the Messiah. I am sovereign over every single event that happens on this earth. I am the sovereign God. Now you need to trust me, even though it doesn't mean meet your expectations of me. Right? I know where I want to lead you, and that's the best place for you to go. But you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to trust me and follow me. And nothing has changed. You see, Jesus didn't come to free you from your struggles. You know, when you're struggling out, oh, my career's not going well. Oh, my marriage is not going well. Oh, my family or, or, what, or, or school is, isn't going the way I thought. You're out there struggling. Nothing has changed. Jesus is still out there on the shore watching you. You are never out of Jesus' field of vision. But he's going to let you struggle because there's lessons that he wants you to learn. It says in Psalm 66.10, For you, God, tested us. You refine us like silver. That's how we get to our destination. It's through the refinement that Jesus provides for us. Now, refinement's never fun. And basically what he's talking about is how they refined silver, right? They just, they dug silver out from the ground, silver ore, and they put it into this, um, uh, let's say, iron pot, and they heated it. And that, a silver started melting. But all the impurities that were in the silver, what happened? It raised to the top. They would skim it off, let it cool. Then they would heat it up again. All of those impurities were risen to the top, and they skimmed it off. And that's the only way Jesus refines us, is through that struggling when we're on that boat, right? But I guarantee you, when you get to your destination, when you see the wind stop miraculously, that's when we worship, we get on our knees and worship God. And I hope that he does that for each one of you, because that's a wonderful place to be. Yes, it's scary to be in a place where you're struggling. But man, when you see God, you get down on your knees and you worship him. Or when you get to your destination and you say, wow, this is so much better than my plan. I guarantee you, if you trust Jesus, he has a better destination for you than you could ever imagine for yourself. And he could, he's never going to get you there unless you trust him. So, what's our weekly challenge? And our weekly challenge is this. When you go through struggles, I want you to read, you know, John 6, 15 to 21, Mark 6, 45 to 52, and Matthew 14, 22 33 daily, every day. So right now, if you're struggling, and we all do, we all do, I want you to read these passages. But I want you to also believe that Jesus is aware of your situation. It's not like he's asleep. <laughs> it's not like, okay, I see you. I'm going to go back to pray. God be with you. No, Jesus sees you. He sees you on the lake. He sees you struggling. He's aware of your situation. Then trust that he will lead you to your destination. God has a destination for each one of you. And he has countless destinations. It's not just one destination. He has countless destinations where all of a sudden you'll arrive there if, if you trust him. And I guarantee you, a lot of times, 
His directions won't make any sense. His directions won't make any sense. But our job is to trust him. And realize that Jesus is using your struggles to grow your faith in him. Right? Jesus is, yeah, he, he saw you um, out there at about 9 o'clock at night. And he didn't show up till maybe 4 o'clock in the morning. Right? Yeah, he's allowing you to struggle. But he's watching you. And he's allowing you to struggle for a reason. And that's to grow your faith in him. So if you do these things, you know, struggling, yes, there is a, a sense of anxiety, but really we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear because Jesus is always watching us and God will get you to that destination, right? Even though you might think that you're rowing, rowing, and rowing and I'm not getting anywhere. Jesus will get you to where you need to be. Let's pray. Worship team, would you please come forward? Father, I thank you that in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of the difficulties in our lives, Father, you're watching. And that we are never out of your field of vision. And Father, that you have a plan to get us to the destination you want us to go if we let you. And so, Father, I know that there are some here right now who are either watching from home or here that are just struggling right now, you know, in their, in, you know, various aspects of your life. If that's you as, you know, the uh, worship team is just playing in the background, would you remember that Jesus is watching you, that he's there, that he sees your struggle, and ask God, for strength to continue to remain in that struggle, not to come up with your own plans, but to trust him, to follow him, to obey him in the midst of your struggle. So would you just do that right now? Father, I'm the first one to admit that as I look back at my life, you have never, ever failed me, not once. But Lord, I know there are times when I'm walking on water, I'm looking at those waves, I'm struggling, and there is anxiety, and there is doubt. So thank you, Father, that you're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with anybody here in this room. That the storms that we are going to experience, the struggles that we experience are for a purpose. And you know exactly what you want to do because you have a plan. So thank you, Father, that we could trust you, that you are the sovereign God over every event. And you would not allow the things to happen in our lives if you didn't have a purpose for it. And Father, I know a lot of times we question that purpose. 
because some of the results are devastating. Some of the losses that we experience are, are truly, truly huge losses for us. But Father, it's in those times when we're in the storm where we think there's just no way out. Father, would you let us know that you're watching? Would you let us know that you're going to get us to where you want us to go? And Father, would you let us know there are lessons that you want us to learn through this. And this situation we're in is unique to us because the lessons that we need to learn are unique to us. And not to compare ourselves with anybody else. Not to compare our journeys with somebody else. But Father, to understand that you have an individual plan for each one of us. And you will get us there if we let you. In your son's name we pray, amen.